0: Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman. Thanks, as always, to Tea Leaf Tea, La Petite Chocolat and Yeasty Boys. Uh, welcome to 2020, the new year. And uh, for a bit of holiday listening, this is a phone conversation I had a few months ago with Margot Timmins. She is the lead singer of the Cowboy Junkies, wonderful Canadian band. They are coming to New Zealand in May. That was announced quite a while ago. So sometime after that tour announcement, I was asked if I wanted to have a chat with her on the phone. Uh, of course, I wanted to have a chat with her on the phone. I love the Cowboy Junkies. They they came to New Zealand one other time twenty years ago, and uh, at the ill-fated Sweetwaters reunion, and I was at that show, and uh, and loved it. And and you know, for, for whatever went wrong in that festival, there was some good music. And one of the acts I loved the most was the Cowboy Junkies. Uh, everyone knows their cover of Sweet Jane, and they do a lot of fantastic covers. But also, at the heart of the band is this interesting story of it's a family band it's siblings and a bit like the beach boys and a close friend uh that grew up down the road from them and no lineup changes and uh it was nice to talk to Margot. This is only this is a very short conversation and, and this was not meant to be a podcast in that I did this conversation with the purpose of writing this up as a story. And by the time you listen to this, that story probably will have been written up and I'll include it in the notes. But um, I just thought you might like to hear her voice and hear our chat. It was a nice little conversation about the history of the band and obviously previewing the show that is coming up in New Zealand in 2020. In May, they're playing. Um, so this is me talking with the lead singer of the Cowboy Junkies, Margot Timmons. She sounded lovely. She sounded like a really nice person, which is exactly what I hoped and expected. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello?
1: Hi, it's Margot. Yeah, hi. Hi, it's Simon speaking from Wellington in New Zealand. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. Can you hear me okay?
2: I can hear you great. It's good. Yeah, yeah, same.
1: What, what time is it for you? What are about for you? And what time is it?
2: Uh, I'm at home. Uh and on, on
1: in Ontario and it's um about so seven thirty. Ah right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's uh we're we're a day ahead of you I think, but it's about just coming up to lunchtime here on the Friday. Yeah. 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 So tell there's yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh tell me about the decision to come to New Zealand after twenty years.
2: <laughs> 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 well, We've been trying to get there for 20 years, believe it or not. Um, yeah. you know, the last 20 years, we all had children at various times. So we yeah. always stayed somewhere. And, you know, just we had promoters and things would come together and then fall apart or, or you know, it just wasn't the right time. So it just never sort of fits. And right now, it just seemed this one, this this attempt. Uh, came together
1: and <laughs> and it's worked. It seems like
2: it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. We've got a few months to go, but um, it looks like it's all lined up. Now I wondered if maybe you'd had a bad experience the last time you played here because obviously it was an infamous festival. Um, I was at that yeah. show. I loved your set and lots of the things at that festival. Um, but I understand you did, you were one of the groups that did get paid.
2: Yeah, we did. So we no, we were fine. I mean, you know, <laughs> festival story is like that. Even if you don't get paid, it's like I, you know, we've been to many festivals where we yeah. don't get paid, or later on we get sued, or whatever. <laughs> but do you,
1: I mean, I mean, this is little old New Zealand, and it was quite a scandal for us. Um, did did did, yeah. did did rumors of it spread? You know, were you aware of it? Because I remember I, I interviewed Elvis Costello about ten years ago, and he was still livid about it.
2: Oh, really, eh? Yeah, because
1: he, he was the one who kind of broke the news to the audience, and, you know, he was the yeah. headliner. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, were you aware of it, and, and how did it impact on you guys? We it didn't because you got paid, but...
2: um, We were. We were aware of it, you know, sort of by, you know, as we were leaving, like when, right then and there, that fans weren't getting paid, and, you know, we were like, well, thank God we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> we're okay. No, yeah, so yeah. we were... But yeah, there was all sorts of rumors going around, and um, you know, and I mean, so yeah, we were very much aware of things going down. But it wasn't pretty much so so afterwards, you know. um, Mm,
1: mm. Now I've uh, I've talked to a few musicians over the years, and they 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 often say that being in a band is a bit like you know another family. I want to know Mm. what that's like for you, (laughs) given that um, (laughs) you know. How how do you approach that question?
2: Yeah, it's a double family, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I it's, yeah.
2: you know, to me it's more like being in a marriage than a family, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cuz there's a lot of, you know, communication and trying to figure things out and making big decisions together and planning your future and all that sort of stuff where, you know, with family you don't, def, you know, you don't do that except with your yeah. own personal, family, you know. Um
1: Yeah, yeah. But
2: yeah. I mean, the amount of time
1: that you guys have stayed together as a a group uh, tells everyone that actually it's it's been great. Has it always been great?
2: Well, you know, uh, certainly we fight, and certainly, you know, I I believe that if you don't fight, it means you're not passionate about what you're doing, you know, because usually you want want your point heard. So we fight, but we never allow our fights to go to a place where it's going to destroy the band's. You know, because yeah. that is much again like a marriage. You know, you gotta if your marriage is more important than the argument, somebody's got a case. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's really a question of how important is this to you? And um, so we've always managed to figure it out and to talk um, talk it out and, and make a decision on what we're going to do. And and so uh, Mike is the, definitely the. Final decision maker, right? Yeah, he's and he's pretty good at at listening. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, sometimes you have to talk a little louder to make him listen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you use the analogy of it being like a marriage. I mean, you, you know, you and Michael, you're the two significant voices in the group, uh, mm-hmm. vocally and instrumentally, and I and I guess. Uh, you know, people sometimes in bands talk about finishing each other's sentences. I think you guys give each other space on stage and on the mm-hmm. records to to start new sentences, to start new conversations. How, I mean, it, I feel, it feels like it's always been like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. I mean, I think there's two things. I mean, for us, the music is, is so important, and playing music, especially live, is and I think more so now, as we get older, it's, it's become more and more important to us. So, uh, you know, and, and and part of that, part of that is that space, that letting me do my thing, letting him do his thing. You know, and that's that's what makes cowboy junkies cowboy junkies. And, and yeah. we don't know how that sound comes out, but it's because each of us are doing our thing and bringing whatever. It, I want to bring to the song and whatever he wants to bring to it and um mm. and even you know as a is a singer-songwriter team um you know Mike is a pretty egoless songwriter. I mean he he writes the songs and then he hands them to me and as far as he's concerned that's that his job. Right, is has done. has
1: job's and he, done and you get to go off and yeah. do your job. Wow. I mean yeah no, you get I go through your albums every now and then from start to finish, and I think for you guys it must be like looking through photo albums because the the the, the sound is there from the very first album, but obviously it evolves. You become better players. But what mm-hmm. you're trying to do with a song, whether it's your own or someone else's, is pretty much there from that first record.
2: Yeah. I mean, and again, I think when we started, you know, we never thought or intend, you know, we never thought anybody would listen. <laughs> So, so we always just did our own thing, and I think we attacked our, our music. I think we are, uh, even a, uh, even our stage show is very much who you would meet. That you know the woman you see on stage is pretty much who you'd meet mm. backstage. So you know? and same with Mike. You know Mike's sitting there not looking up and pretty much ignoring the audience until he has to at the end. Mike's always polite. Yeah, and would never snub anybody. But does he want to talk to anybody? No. <laughs> you
1: know? No, I I remember your Auckland show vividly from twenty years ago. You managed to basically recreate a, um, a living room or a lounge on an outdoor stage at a festival. There was uh, he was sitting in a chair and not really looking at anyone but his guitar, and you had uh, a coffee table with some flowers on it, and yeah, it's you the know, same.
2: yeah, yeah. It's the exact same now. I mean, that hasn't <laughs> because. You know, goes to the you know. Mike still doesn't want to look at the audience. Or mm. hang, hang on one sec. Yeah? Sure. Um, I I have ordered the pizza, so if you want one, sort it. Okay. Sorry, I was just talking to my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's the same now. I mean, we still have the I still have the table, I still have the flowers, I still have the yeah. tea because, as I said, it. It's, our, our setup has always been. Who we are, not we haven't changed. Oh, this is this album, and so therefore we're going to have shining lights or smoke,
1: yeah, or yeah. Do you think? I mean, it sounds to me like that simple expectation of not not thinking anyone would possibly even listen, and not developing a, a stage show beyond what makes you feel comfortable is probably the secret to the longevity of the yeah. band.
2: Absolutely, I mean, it totally is, and and uh, it's so incredibly simple. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh,
1: um and, uh, t- take um, me back yeah. to that first record because it's almost entirely covers and I feel like it's the one that's kind of lost in your career. I mean a lot of people think the Trinity Record is the debut album. Mm-hmm. So Do you which, have a fond- do you have a fondness for the first the very first album? Do you have a fondness oh, for yes. that?
2: Oh gosh, yeah. I mean you yeah. know it's just the first one, right? So You know, I remember holding that album thinking, wow, you know, I have an album.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh,
2: uh, And and wondering and not really knowing I'd ever have another one. I
1: understand that the the Sweet Jane cover was possibly going to be on that first album.
2: Yeah, it was. But Pete um, couldn't get that change, you know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Where the bridge comes in, he just couldn't make the transition because he was such a new drummer um, yeah and on that album as you know if you listen to it his patterns are pretty much the same right through yes. the song and
1: yeah yeah very, yeah which is which is kind of wonderful I mean I play the drums a little bit and I love listening to yeah. drummers that keep it simple yeah yeah so
2: uh, yeah but you know that keeps it simple because that's what he could do yeah
1: yeah and I mean it worked out and it obviously worked out. The best for everyone, the band particularly, and then the fans in a way that Sweet Jane was held over because then it became the talking point of, well, your yeah. career in many ways, but certainly of yeah. that Trinity album.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we still do it the same way when, it, especially covers. Yeah. You know, because covers are so important because you're you're covering somebody else's music. So if a song isn't, if a song that we're covering isn't ready, you know, mm. it doesn't have. It doesn't make any sense to do it because obviously the original is the best. But um, but you haven't done anything to the song you either. Throw it out, or we keep we keep working on it until we get something that we think is is okay. This this is worthwhile putting out there. So yeah. and Jane was really the first of that that um, that you know it just wasn't ready. So we're not doing it. And um, you'll be amazed how many, um, you know, record labels have tried to force covers on us, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. You don't need to do it, you know.
1: Well, I wondered. I mean, the first three albums, you know, um, obviously Caution Horses has uh, has that amazing cover of Powderfinger. On it. I think you're dealing with like great songs and big, big songwriters. Was was it consciously a move from you guys to to let people know that you were fans of music because that's how it kind yeah. of com- kind of comes across.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely, especially especially Trinity Session. I mean, when we did White Earth Now, basically yeah. we we would just jam and then we would. We were listening to a lot of blues in those days, so uh, and blues lyrics are obviously very simple. So, you know, the boys would be jamming, and then I would just start singing randomly whatever song sort of came to my head, some blues song, um, you know, Robert Johnson song, and, and put the yeah. lyrics into it. And basically because we didn't really know what we were doing. I mean, we were learning to be a band. The lyrics at that point weren't necessary, you know. They weren't the most important. What was important was the groove, and the yes. tempo, and, and the changes, and you know, and, and that was enough for us to focus on. It was really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and and
2: Trinity session. Trinity session. We we knew it would have more attention, and we wanted people to know this is this is our background. These are the people that not, these these are the genres that I've been. Yes. This. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, um, and. You know, and I guess, yeah, like you've kept that same kind of feel and groove through your music, mostly in terms of the originals mm-hmm. and the covers. So you, you have that thing not everyone has where you can spot a cowboy junkie's cover and go, you know, that's that band. That's the, I, I know their original songs, but here they are doing a cover, and it sounds, mm-hmm. it sounds like the band. They're paying tribute to a song, but you're not just mm-hmm. copying the song.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's what we try to do. And, and, and you know, it's one thing, and it's hard to do, especially when you take ch- a song that is so ingrained in your life and so ingrained mm. in your head. To mm. Try and bring something to it that is that is you, you know, put your part good. <laughs> um,
1: well, I, I, I don't want to bring this conversation down, but I've, I've always wanted to ask you, are there cover mm-hmm. versions you guys have had to go at and failed, like, and just feel like, nah, we, we haven't got this right, we're not doing this correctly?
2: Oh, yeah, there's been many. I mean, you're gonna ask me which ones, and I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. No, I wouldn't say many, but there have been, there have definitely been a few. But you know, it's just not working. We did, um, we did a Patti Smith song. Which one was it? That just now. And again, I just couldn't get Patti Smith out of my head. She just yeah. to me, she's my, you know, she's my total idol, and and well, they all are. But. Uh, what was it?
1: Yeah, she she seems to be living her life about as correctly as you can too for someone you know with yeah. that level of fame, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. No, she's great. She's wonderful. So anyway, uh, yes, there have been there have been many that have not uh, come out of the uh, come out of the uh, studio.
1: Mm-mm. Now, when you guys started making those records late uh, mid mid eighties through to the early nineties, it almost felt what you were doing was without precedent. Now, the, I mean, I think of the old country explosion of 15 years ago, which you guys were still making music through. Did anyone stop and tell you, just out of nowhere, all, all of a sudden overnight, were you ever favourite band and an influence to a whole lot of people?
2: Um, yeah, you know, we run into bands uh, that, that will, especially now, because as we get older, there's these younger bands that are, you know, sort of, uh, not young, young, but have been around for 10 15 years and, and making a name for themselves, and and uh, so yeah, I get that a lot. Um, you know, and then and then every once in a while, some journalist, you know, says that you know, we started Alt Rock or something, I don't know, yeah. It's whatever, I have no, <laughs> I, I, <haven't> <laughs> I don't know if started what. uh, but you know, uh, to me to me that's that's for history to write and talk about and put you yeah. in the, the, whatever place you get put into and um it has nothing to do with what you do today you know yeah yeah um and i love it I, I i you know i don't um i i love it when a, somebody younger comes up to me and tells me that they i've influenced them because i know how many people have influenced me you know so it's yeah, that's a yeah. nice compliment yeah
1: now um, no one expects to start a band and be in it for as long as the Cowboy Junkies has been going. No no one ever predicts can predict that. But um, mm-hmm. was there a time when you thought the band would be over? I mean, I've, I know there's been little breaks between albums and things, but it, it seems like now there's no stopping point.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, even in those breaks, we we, uh, we were always touring. We've always toured. Yes. Um, We've never stopped. But... Um, the only time that I thought we were going down um, was after Geffen, um, right? yep. but you know that whole period when they when the majors were imploding and eating each other up and and destroying bands and music. Um, you know, we were getting crushed in the middle of it, and and I I didn't the politics of the major labels was really bringing me down and I just thought I can't do this anymore you know I I don't want to play this game with these people and Mm. um I can remember where I was when I sat you know we were on an airplane and I was sitting next to Mike and I said I just you know like I I don't want to play the game anymore and I want to sing and I want to play but I don't want to play their game and he said well I've been thinking about it (laughs) You know, of course, Mike had been thinking about it probably six months prior to me, and had plans and all sorts of ideas of going independent, and you know, yeah. getting. This was before websites were, were, you know, something we did every day. You know, very yeah, yeah. had them, and you know, we're gonna do a website now. What's a website? You, know, the, <laughs> you can call it the World Wide Web. You know, don't like, <laughs> no, you can remember that? And it, so, <laughs> You know, I was like, What are you talking about? You're insane. And uh so, you know, we did. And that time right afterwards was just such a freeing time for us. That was just a liberating moment in our lives. Yeah. That, oh my god. And you know and, again and I remember Sorry,
1: go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, again, if you go through the catalogue of records, it's almost like you guys were never quite playing the game like other people. You were only doing it as much as you had to, you know, it, yeah. and now the way you operate, it's, it's, it's kind of like a blueprint for a whole lot of other people that have had to learn that way.
2: Yeah, and we always were, and that's why the game was so hard for us, because we mm, never really mm. played it very well, and we never played it their way, and... You know, it wasn't like we didn't want to work hard and it wasn't like we didn't want to make a lot of money. I mean, we weren't stupid. We wanted money like anybody else. But yeah. we didn't want it in certain ways. You know, we wanted success in this way. And even our de- definition was of success was different.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, that's my wrap it up. Time's coming. So okay. I wondered if, um, I mean, you know... All of the sto- uh, so many of the stories are in the songs and then in the live shows, but being a very low-key um, act in the way that you have approached it, uh, do you, do, are you, is anyone in the band that you know of planning the sort of tell-all memoir or, or the visual history book or anything like that, or is it just firmly about the music?
2: Well, there's some guy in England who's been writing our biography for the last a or something, and I think he's finally finished. Right. <laughs> I think there is talk of him putting. I haven't read it. I have no idea what it says. Uh, but I've spoken to him a lot. Um, uh, so I guess he's he's he might put something out. I, I guess.